0: Hello filmmakers, how are you all doing? Uh, Get in touch at fnirapchat at gmail.com if you have any news you would like us to share. Uh, So this week we have a really cool episode and it's with Ip Wishing. So a few weeks ago uh, Paul invited over a script doctor, script guru, um, script teacher Ip Wishing who is a Vienna based uh, script doctor uh, who has some really interesting theories about uh, writing and he uses algorithms and that kind of thing. So um, for the people who couldn't make it to the seminar, uh, which by all accounts was very helpful, um, we have a sit-down interview here uh, with Ip talking about his life in film and script, um, the people he's worked with and uh, a lot of his kind of really out there but really helpful ideas uh, about uh, writing. So uh, also this week in cinemas is Michael Inside, which is a wonderful film. Uh, made by Frank Berry. So if you want to go back to episode 13, you can listen to uh, the conversation we had with Frank. It's a really good good one. Um, and we really encourage you, if you're going to the cinema this week, uh, support Irish Film and go see uh, Michael Inside. It's a, it's a really fantastic film. So, uh, yeah, we've got some interesting developments coming up, so hopefully we'll be able to uh, share those with you. We're trying to make the podcast bigger and better and get sound quality and all that better so we'll have some news for you in the next few weeks so uh stay tuned for that so uh yeah here you go this is it
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to another exciting edition of FNI Rap Chat with myself, Paul Butler Lennox, flying solo today from the the, the warm surroundings of the uh, Generator Hostel in Smithfield, Dublin 7. We've just finished up um, a writing workshop called Let's Get Naked on Film, um, which um, is a process of working by uh, algorithms to, uh, to um, formulate a screenplay formulate screenplays ideas and story, uh and, and story develop uh, ca- uh, your character your characters and, and plot and so on um so I'm lucky t- today uh, Paul's not with us today um so uh, yeah you're stuck with me um so we're so here we are with uh, ip Wishin. am i saying that right correctly Winching? yeah yeah Wishin? yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Wishin is okay
1: yeah you're happy with that um so yeah if you could tell me a little bit about your um i guess how you got introduced to film okay well first thanks for having me you're very welcome I'm, I'm honored uh and uh
2: concerning your question uh i i started uh as a filmmaker by watching movies actually my very first experience as a kid was watching star wars like with so many other people uh it was a uh, an eye-opener to me and it saved my life because i'm um, it, it really took me out of my misery to see that there is escape possible. Okay. And later on, I became more interested in how to make movies. And, and I got myself a Super 8 camera. and well, you'd, uh, be,
1: you'd be surprised how often that comes up, about people picking up a Super 8 camera. It seems to be a running team, uh, everybody from a certain vintage.
2: Yeah, well, uh, uh, at the time, there was nothing else but Super 8 cameras. There was no video yet and nothing of the like. You you had to do with Super 8, which was extremely expensive, of course. and uh, had to be developed and stuff and and everything. And so you would really think twice about uh, uh, turning on the camera and and filming something, and you would be uh, very... uh, uh, footage conscious.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you would have to be, and that's I suppose what's missing about film now is that people roll off so many takes. Um, they're not uh, they're not conscious of footage and, and and trying to get things precise in a, a small number of takes as well. I think that's that's uh, I think that's lacking really, to be honest. Yeah, this um, is also
2: lacking in the editorial process. You know, I I learned, of uh, editing film, uh, on the 60 millimeter. Uh, moviola Mm -hmm. which means uh, when you when you uh, slice film and then splice it uh, you you cannot really take back a cut so you can but it becomes a a rattling experience actually the film would start to rattle if you have too many splices where you uh, rejoined a film that actually uh, uh, was cut the wrong on the wrong place mm-hmm. so yet you had, you had to learn how to feel the rhythm of a film in your hands by holding uh, the the, uh, the film uh, against the light and in your hands and you would determine by just holding it physically in your hands uh, will this will this edit work or not
1: wow so it was a very tangible craftsman like uh, experience. Very
2: tangible, and and uh, not like today uh, you try everything out in the computer. You have a computer, you have all variations. Is it that doesn't work? So you don't have to know why it doesn't work because you can just try anything. Try on the arrow is, is now everything. Mm. Uh, in, in our day, we had to know because we couldn't afford to be wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, so you started, so let me. Uh, let me. Uh, you 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 started out as an actual editor. That was your first job.
2: No, nah, that was uh, what I was doing at Columbia University. Okay. Yeah, I I, I learned, I learned uh, actually at the in New York at the School of Visual Art, and Columbia University. I took courses there, and uh, I I uh, worked there with all uh, the rather old equipment, so with, uh, like a Nagra for, for the sound recording and we had uh, a bollocks.
1: Wow bollocks.
2: Yeah, for, for for shooting sixty million wow. bollocks and moviolas and stuff. So it, rather old equipment already at the time.
1: Okay. Um so how did you how did you uh, end up in Columbia University? What brought you there?
2: Well I I uh, I was friends with a, a Czech filmmaker by the name of Wojtek Jasny. Mm-hmm. And he's a colleague of Milos Formans, so uh, he made it possible for me to participate, uh, otherwise I couldn't afford to be there. actually. So it's, it was actually out of courtesy by, by my Czech friends, who escaped from Czechoslovakia and became American citizens and, and taught at the Columbia University.
1: And this was in the 80s, was it? Early 80s? Yeah, it
2: was between 81 and 85.
1: Wow, wow. That must have been an incredible experience. We, did you work
2: directly with Milos Forman? Yes, yes, I did. I did. And we went through all his early movies, especially his Czechos, Czechoslovakian movies, like uh Lasky Plavo Vlaski, which is one of uh, my favorite uh, Milos Forman movies. Uh, English title, I think, is Loves of a Blonde. <laughs> okay. I can I recommend it highly to you. It's okay. His early Czechoslovakian movies are, are even better than, than One Flew Over the Cuckoo's
1: Nest. Really? Okay. Yes. That's very interesting. Um so can I ask you um what brought you to Ireland? Uh well actually are your you interest in working in Ireland? W-
2: well, the thing is uh it started with my friend Simone. Simone, she worked here and she said, uh Ireland is just fantastic, we have to do something here. Mm-hmm. And so then I said, okay, well, let's see. And then I heard that Ireland is uh, rather prolific and, and might become the next Hollywood because they're doing things like Games of Thrones here and and stuff. And if this works out, then I want to be there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I said, okay, well, let's try something. I contacted a friend of mine, he contacted you. hmm and uh, we said, well, let's try something. And I was very lucky to meet very professional people who made
1: it possible. And, and me. That's you. <laughs> That's, I was referring to you, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, screenwriting, if I might touch on that yeah. um, with you. Um, what brought you to uh, story development and uh, coaching and, and screen, screenwriting coaching? How did that co- enter your life and... Uh,
2: uh yeah well this is this is something that developed over the years of course when i came back from from uh, from america to austria Mm -hmm. i uh uh, i started to do independent uh, movies and write my own scripts and uh, uh i tried to come up with my own rules about how to Right screenplays. I'm, I'm always, always very sceptical about what's written in the textbooks mm. and uh, also I'm, I'm a heretic so uh, I only believe a rule if I tried it myself and if it's been proved to me that it's, that it's right. Otherwise even if it's a very smart book by, written by a very uh, smart erudite writer I just don't believe it as long as I didn't try it and, and, and found it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So and then over the years, I, I uh, worked on my own films. Unfortunately, I'm a very bad director. I'm 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 not I'm not having the right attitude for being a film director.
1: Okay, what what do you think that entails uh, if, to be a director? What kind of um, attributes do you need to have? Well, that you don't have, I guess. W-
2: well, you have to. Uh, you, you have, you don't necessarily. Want to be friends with everybody. Because you have to kick ass. You have to say, well, I want it that way. I know you will hate, hate me, but I still need this in that way and not any other way. Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, people will hate you for being a good director. Yeah, in, despite, many, in many ways. Yeah, despite their logic, despite their own reasoning behind why they feel as if they sh- things should be done a yeah, different way. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, there was a very when I was when I was studying very interesting uh, there was a very interesting point made by one of my uh, tutors which I think applies to this as well yeah Um, even when you're wrong you're right (laughs) yeah even (laughs) when you're wrong you're right because if you lose if you lose your you know your uh, your crew yeah uh, there's going to be a mutiny yeah so even when you're wrong you're right it's irrelevant whether or not it actually makes sense and it's it's you know it, it's more of an attitude thing, more than anything else. It's an attitude thing. You you, you have, uh, you, you don't consider if people like you or not. Okay, it's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's irrelevant. The the only thing that counts is the film. The movie must turn out right. Your life depends on it.
1: Yeah. Well, in particularly in a country. Well, I suppose it's everywhere. But in this country, you get you know one stab, I guess, at something of a reasonable standard and, and, and budget and uh, it's hard to come back from that, particularly in terms of trying to raise funding um, yeah, absolutely. In, in a country like this and I'm, I'm sure in Austria as well so uh, um, just for our viewers who don't know Ip uh, wears uh, or has worn um, a number of different hats over the years, he's a screenwriting coach um, uh, you've, you've been an editor for some time as well I believe you've, you've written for television in Europe uh, you've taught across uh, in the states and all over Europe, um, and the UK, and you were an actor as well. It's true. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you still act?
2: Well, n- not really. Not not in the in the ordinary meaning.
1: Yeah. Uh, for ten years. When I you perform every day, and I've seen that over the last. Yeah. Well. Of yeah. I'm,
2: yeah I'm <laughs> I show off whenever I can. But. Yeah. Yeah. At the, in in terms of uh, professional acting I was a, a stage actor uh, in a small theater uh, we did we did tour uh, uh, actually Europe and, 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 and America I translated one play by Kafka into English and we uh, we toured with that
1: uh, that was met- metamorphosis was it
2: No, nah, that was America by Kafka
1: okay Oh, fantastic.
2: Yeah, yeah. The Metamorphosis I only performed in in German. Okay, but I played it 600 times. Wow. It's a one one man show actually, and I play all the roles. I play uh, Gregor Samsa and the sister and the father and everybody.
1: What was that like? <laughs> in terms of, I was I was watching a um, I was watching a an interview with Al Pacino recently. Yeah. Um, and just came across, across it by accident it wasn't like a you know g- you know, actors black hole looking for heroes type talks mm-hmm. it was just completely by accident and he was talking about a, about after a certain number of performances
0: mm-hmm.
1: he doesn't feel as if he's he's ever discovered it or he's on top of it in terms of he's, right till the very end mm-hmm. a, after even a number of months of performing something he yeah. feels as if it's new and fresh. And yes. the reason why that popped into my head is after 600 performances yeah. of something, did you feel as if you were ever on top of it and you, you no. had a hold of it? or? The
2: truth is, I felt that I played it in 600 different ways. Okay. So every time, what I felt was right was the way I went. Right. I said, well, wouldn't it be interesting to play it that way? And then I would go for it. And I... I knew that the audience deserved something fresh, not something that was just uh automatically performed, but something that uh, an, an approach that at the moment seemed interesting to me mm-hmm. so it would be fresh and um, of course, there were minor performances uh, uh, better ones uh I, I wasn't at top of my uh, of my act every every performance uh, sometimes I was rather tired. By the way, sometimes I did my best performances when I was tired because I I had to fight it and this gave me energy while when I thought that I'm really uh, in in, in the best spirits, then maybe I would be not as paying as as much attention as as necessary because I thought, well,
1: I'm doing it right anyway. Yeah, I guess a, a different level of adrenaline or a fight or flight instinct. Yeah, kit, uh, that, which li- that's that's the word. Yeah, that that, yeah. Li- that lifts you above above it. And yes, absolutely. Yeah, that th- that kind of uh, superhuman strength when it's really needed. Like mother- you hear stories about mothers lifting cars yes. when their children are trapped and all this. Uh, these, yes, these and even children lifting their mothers. Yeah, or pulling them out of wreckages and stuff. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. And right. others are huge. Not that in any way acting is as important as somebody saving someone's life, but then again, maybe it is in another way. You know, in terms of lifting someone's spirits. You know. Well, I, I, I guess it is. I, I, I guess uh, anything cultural,
2: anything in art, like like a, a good performance, a pa- a painting by by uh, a Leonardo da Vinci or anything like that, is the biggest miracle. Because how. Is it possible that from the Big Bang, from a huge explosion out of nothing, mm-hmm. uh, those those uh, atoms and molecules that are just banging into each other, uh, in the end, uh, bring about uh, a, a Mozart piano concerto mm-hmm. by itself, just nobody nobody uh, 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 intervening here. It's just happening by itself. So cultural things like a Mozart piano concert or a good performance are definitely the absolute peak of evolution, the absolute peak of what the universe can bring about. Yeah. So it's it's at least as important as human life.
1: Okay. I suppose um, what's that line from Amadeus um, about uh, God and, uh, from the Peter Schaffer play? Mm-hmm. Um, uh Sally Avery line. Um, it'll come to me anyway yeah it's uh, and it, and in him i seen god or something along those lines when, yeah. he, when he was performing um, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i suppose that's the closest we'll ever get to any sort of uh, grand epiphany uh, um when you know guess so yes when when performing and things are going well and you lose yourself into something you know like yes. a, like, a, like a baritone who loses themselves or a soprano who loses themselves into a note momentarily yeah um Yeah, Uh, screenwriting. Um, What do you make of, because you've done a couple of classes over here now, what do you make make of our students? Uh, Well, I
2: I find it great that they're interested, that they want to learn something new, that they uh, don't regard themselves as uh, knowing it all anyway. Mm -hmm. So they are curious, they are eager to learn, they are eager to improve themselves, and they, they really, they, they uh, suck it in like, like a sponge. So uh, I, I really see a, a, um, a change within a couple of days. So mm-hmm. they start like novices, and uh, in the end, they really already knew how to handle uh, an algorithm, and out of nothing, produce an interesting scene within half an hour's time.
1: Mm-hmm yeah they seemed because um, i sat in on these classes obviously and uh at the workshops and they seemed really engaged and and responsive uh, which is great to see um yeah so i th- i think you'll have um what, a bit of luck one or two maybe success stories or at least some finished scripts which would be uh you know which is i guess is what it's all about yeah, um, yeah definitely so uh, you're imp- so let's uh, just go back a bit um, in terms of your acting career um, that brought you then to uh, working in because uh, as far as I'm aware you work for uh, for blue chip you work you, you coach and you, yeah. you uh, story development for blue chip companies and yes. corporations and yes. stuff and you also spoke at Ted uh, Ted in Vienna uh, yeah um, I, I believe in the recent pl- recent past and um, so what brought you to, to that? How did you end up doing that line of work?
2: Well, uh, as as consultant for, for storytelling, mm. uh, it just so happened that I was consulted on uh, image videos that are being done for, for those companies, those blue chip companies. And uh, once I, I was asked about how they would uh, uh, give the, the best effect, I said, well, it depends on... When you show it, where you show it, what context you show it, so I have to know everything about the two. And so I went into corporate storytelling, uh, meaning I'm I'm now designing the whole approach inside the company, mm-hmm. how they how they approach themselves, what roles do they assign to each other, what roles do they assign to the the, the base of the of the company, the the uh, the employees that are doing the basic stuff how how do they see themselves how are they being addressed by uh by management and how does this enhance their performance and their self-respect and all these things it's very important it's all storytelling and everybody is like uh, a performer in in a in a huge play so if it's a company with say 100,000 uh employees mm-hmm. Each one of those 100,000 is not an extra, but a star.
1: I see, yeah, yeah. So I guess it's, it's, it's about propping people up in self-esteem and making everybody feel valuable within that structure.
2: Making, making the, the, the value for society visible and tangible mm-hmm. so that they feel when they talk in, in the pub or what they are doing, people know immediately what their value is yeah. in, in terms of what they are doing for society. They don't have to post about it because it's known.
1: Mm. Okay, I'm going to just switch direction here quickly yeah? and, just, and just ask you about um, your method of 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 uh, of teaching. Um, now, obviously, you, you know we could be here for six weeks yeah. going through all this, but uh, if you could just give people a what's like a, a brief rundown and what's so different about the way that you work and how do you work? What's a, what's unique about your own process? Do you think? Uh, well, I. I hate formalisms. So, all those uh,
2: formulas and formalities that are very, like in the in the in that famous screenwriting book by Sid Field, mm-hmm. it's uh, you have three acts and on page so and so you do uh, you do this and this and stuff. I don't believe in that. It makes it makes the whole thing like painting by numbers, uh, and it makes the whole storyline predictable and mediocre because everybody will write in everybody who read the book will, will do it in the same fashion. Yeah. So you don't want that. You want something that uh, makes you stand out from the rest. And and this can definitely only be something that changes from person to person when, when it's being used. So this is how I came up with algorithm, because an algorithm is like a decision tree. You go from one decision to the next, and you meet another crossroads, and you have to make another decision, and I help you... Uh, determine what are the right decisions at any given point, and you come up with uh, those decisions that in the end form uh, a huge structure that uh, will be uh, characters and uh, storyline and conflict and, and, and uh, background and
1: uh, uh, props. And yeah, if I could just quiz you about the word algorithm, because immediately when you hear the word algorithm, it's associated particularly with technology and um, some of, uh, particularly some of the negative stories about these social media companies and stuff. The word algorithm jumps out as a taboo or negative word. Can you make the diff- Could you make a? Uh, uh, could you clear that up in terms of how that's al- algorithm and writing would be different, d- different and um, necessary?
2: Yeah. Well, compare compar-
1: comparatively to to the
2: bad algorithms. To, to bad algorithms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the difference between good algorithms and bad. Algorithms is whether you are in control. Yes. So if you are in control of the algorithm because you de- uh, you came up with it and, and you use it, then it's a good algorithm. If somebody uses it against you behind your back and somewhere underneath the surface, like Facebook, I'm allowed to say that.
1: You can say whatever you like. Like Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We're not censored here, and if we, it's fine. Okay, well, any other social network or what have you? Anyone who's harvesting data, essentially. Yeah. yeah. All
2: right. So you don't know what's happening with that. So this is yeah. bad algorithm. It's done against you, against your will, and against, and without your knowledge, specific knowledge to this. So, but if you are in control of the algorithm, yeah, it's like it's like you're using a coffee machine, a vending machine, or something. It's an algorithm because first it says uh, uh, what is your choice of coffee, and you choose coffee, and then next uh, step would be with milk without milk. Next step would be sugar no sugar, and so you go from step to step, and in the end you have the coffee that you wanted, hopefully,
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: hopefully. So if we put in. With uh, a toss in a coin, if you don't, then okay. The same with filmmaking, if you don't toss in a coin, which is the production value, you have to pay for it and you have to uh, go through efforts to, to make a movie. So you put in the coin and you follow the algorithm and in the end you get coffee or a good film or whatever or you get a you know a cup of hot water and (laughs) you might also get a cup of hot water but this happens yeah when you when you interact with human beings and not with machines well (laughs) but but the thing is my approach is a very technical and i'm 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 very conscious about it that it's a a technical approach because i believe uh the, the artistic thing Uh, that you put on top of it is your very personal thing I don't teach you that and I don't interfere with that so what's your personal artistic expression and and your message well I don't touch that that's your own that's your own as an artist I show you how to construct the thing how, how, how to make it not collapse like you're building a bridge and I show you how to build the bridge so that it doesn't collapse how it looks what
1: style the bridge is it's up to you as an architect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, essentially you're, you're, you're developing, you help people hone and develop their skills yes. to problem-solve their way through their own creative process. Yes. And so be conscious a about every step. A foundation.
2: A, a, a foundation, a grid. It's like the grid that holds the whole thing together and, and, and give, gives it uh, stability. Mm-hmm. So once you have established that, Grid, you put on top of the grid whatever you like, any skin,
1: anything that you think would enhance the surface. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there any other screenwriting coaches that work similarly to this? No. As far as you know. No. Well,
2: not that I know. Uh, These things I came up with. This is, most of it is either my invention. Or I did the combination of things that I learned other places. Like in, th- in theater, I learned conflict uh, mapping, for instance, mm. which is rather important. This, I, l- I learned this in theater. Uh, I, I read a lot of books about uh, various techniques, even if they are not related to film, like, uh, like a systemic approach in therapy.
1: Mm.
2: I use that a lot.
1: Okay. So how do, you apply, how do you apply that concept?
2: Well, uh, it's basically how how you how you work against linear thinking, so that it's just the story is just one straight li- storyline that goes on and on and on. This is too classic. Uh, these days, you have various multi plot storylines that interact with each other. You have characters that interfere with each other and, and, and influence each other, uh, and, and so you have a whole cloud of, 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 of conflict going on and it's not just one thing happening and a straight line. Uh, so I, I, I learned all those techniques of, of complicated things, influencing each other and still you have control.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be a bit bold now and ask you um, like why should people in the Irish filmmaking community now we're biased obviously because we, we hosted your events recently, but um and I know firsthand why people should work with you because you, you motivate people really well and people respond to you very genuinely. Yeah. From your perspective, what's why should people work with you? Or why should people want to come and do one of your classes or workshops?
2: Well, if they are if you're curious about what, what what's there what, what the world has to offer in, in different perspectives, I offer one of them. So you just wanna know uh, and, and then you want to choose from a menu of various things that there are, and I'm one item on, on the big menu of the uh, of the world menu of uh, <laughs> screenwriting hints. Yeah, yeah. Tips, so I'm, I'm just one one uh, many others. i want to choose from. And if you want to know, there is this. It's a rather unique approach. So when you skip my approach, then there is a whole universe that you don't know about.
1: Yeah, what I found interesting is that um, you seem to be very interested in your students after the fact, yeah. after, after the course. You seem to want to check in with them, and you offer services, follow up yeah. services, and stuff. And I think this is this is um, a breath of fresh air in this country anyway, because in other screenwriting classes, it's felt, um, and I've I've heard feedback from people that they feel as if they're 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 given a a, a spiel, you know that they have throughout that car- course or workshop. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, that's yours now, mm-hmm. off you go into the world, mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, I think, y- y- like all best teachers or mentors, particularly the- that I've had, yeah. they're always kind of in the periphery, you know? Uh-huh. Particularly if someone is, le- and let's be frank about it, I'm not saying that you, you speak to, you're in contact or good pals with every everybody you ever, you've ever s- sat in <laughs> one of your classes. That's not what I mean. Yeah. But you know, in every class, just like every other class, teaching the creative arts there's usually one or two standouts mm-hmm. who have a an aptitude for the, for the work and you can see that they're going places and they might need a little guidance or steering here or there so th- th- that seems to be part of your remit to make you know to check in with people and and offer services but also to uh, courtesies and gestures to keep make sure they're they they keep going am i right in saying that oh yeah well
2: i, I think that amongst the students there is Possibility that there is a, a a new Steven Spielberg, or and and I would certainly not want to uh, mistreat uh, uh, the next Spielberg. You see, and now I want to make sure that this Spielberg really becomes the next Spielberg, or the next Scorsese, or the next Coppola, or the next whatever. Mm. Uh, uh, if if I and and it's not always clear f- from the beginning who that will be. So, uh, of course, I do it, especially. what I do, I do it especially for those one or two people who really become uh, great and prolific filmmakers. I do it for them. I, of course, I don't do it for everybody. Uh, but, but I know there is that one filmmaker, he or she uh, needs to be encouraged. Uh, and uh, that's basically what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and people, like I said, they 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 seem to really, uh, I think, also enjoy it as well. It's the uh, you make you, there's a there's a levity to your workshops as well. Now, obviously, there's a huge amount of academic, uh, you know, ideas and musings and strategies that people have to get through. There's no avoiding that. Yeah. But it, it's it, it, it's surprisingly light for the amount of uh, material you get through. Thanks. <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, that's that's a big plus. Um so yeah i guess um you'll be coming back you'll be coming back to ireland i'd love you, to you're based in
2: vienna
0: right
2: i'm based in, in vienna but as i'm traveling the world constantly so uh it's it's no big deal to show up uh in in dublin once in a while and i love i love it very much I'm, i love ireland and i love dublin and i uh i love the people especially their attitude uh, the the way uh you meet them on the streets it's it's different yeah people are rather grumpy and you know.
1: <laughs> yeah i I think we've a, we've a great history of storytelling in this country. I just but just like all the great storytellers of this country in pubs, you know they don't need they don't always know when the story should end and <laughs> um, and that's I suppose if you you or people like you can help in any way, that'd be you know gratefully received i'd imagine um so yeah i think um so you know i, th- I think we leave it there um that's been okay. very beneficial um so you, you you'll be back at some point later this year to maybe put on something else you, you would think well i would be looking forward to it. okay well there's um you know there's some uh, we've been putting up some lo- live videos of bits and pieces of Ip speaking and the, the workshop and some photographs and stuff. And you can uh, check out Ip's website in the meantime if you like. It's uh, www. Am, am I correct?
2: Yes, with a with a hyphen in uh, between. In between. Vienna
1: hyphen film coach. Um, at uh, dot at for Austria. Uh, yes. Thank you very much.